everyone. This is Brayden and Tally Waller, the voice of my beloved podcast. And it's been a while. We've uh, we've taken a little break, um, a break from podcasting, but we've been pretty busy. <laughs> we haven't been taking a break from everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been a really busy season for us. And, um, and so, yeah, we had Sukkot. Amazing amazing time uh 300 a lot people. of jumping a lot of dancing yeah i can't i was sore i was sore like three days into it like my calves were hurting we were just jumping like crazy i had a hoarse voice from yelling so much well, that's just, the funny thing about sukkot because it's eight days long and if you're gonna dance every day i remember a couple of mornings i got up there i was like all right everybody it was like halfway and i was like okay let's do some stretches you know yeah. gotta you know, keep from tearing any muscles here we've getting kind of sore here <laughs> i told brayden i think we we're like midweek because the first little bit brayden and i are usually jumping kind of by ourselves <laughs> until people kind of get warmed up to the idea uh this group did amazing though i must say they were incredible rejoicers they did great um but i was just like midway i was like brayden we were born for Sukkot. <laughs> we love Sukkot. <laughs> like it is. The, the verse that was going through my mind, Paul says, if I'm saying it's for you, if I'm out of my mind, it's forgotten. Something like this. <laughs> right. And I just, that kept on going through my, cause I just, during Sukkot, I just kind of just forget right. about, you know, social norms and just, <laughs> just go you for it. To. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. And we had our, our Ozark lulavs, um, with our, with you know branches we were getting leaves everywhere it was it was wonderful (laughs) pretty fun it was it was very fun so we had a great Sukkot um a lot of really good powerful things too just a great hungry group um really you know just came together and just really ministered to each other my favorite part was at the end we had a time of testimony and a bunch of young people got up yeah and shared their testimony yeah. yeah, there was guys and girls that got up and uh, was just really powerful. Just mm-hmm. hearing them share uh, what God's doing in their lives, um, yeah. just super encouraging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always encouraging. And then after they're testifying, all the guys got in a circle and were just jumping around and together just kind of like a huh dance. Yeah. Like it was like a manly like kind of, we got this. And they were just like jumping in a big <laughs> circle. It was That was brought tears to my eyes. It was wonderful. <laughs> uh, it was great. Uh, so that was Sukkot. And then, uh, we went into just a bunch of things right after Sukkot cause we were exhausted at the end of Sukkot and then just like found out we had like several more laps to run <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> uh, it was great though. Got to babysit some nieces and nephews. Uh, and that was awesome. Loved, loved family time. And my uncle came to visit and, um, yeah, just lots of, lots of really fun things. It was really, uh, been a full good busy exhausting uh season yeah yeah <laughs> Over the last little bit i just want to say yeah. too how much we're appreciating uh, aaron and victoria being here oh uh, yeah right now as we're doing this podcast actually aaron's actually down at the jail uh-huh. and then we're able to do that together kind of taking shifts uh yeah. so that's a huge blessing yeah just having him here uh, helping out with you know leading worship and doing different things just yeah huge, yeah and huge. they did the podcast uh, for the past couple of weeks yeah didn't yeah. leave y'all hanging for too right. long which is <laughs> a blessing yeah and it's awesome to hear them they're such a great a great couple so yeah um let me think what else we got we've got uh hanukkah coming up we can talk about what's uh what's on the schedule here we've got hanukkah coming just in a couple weeks crazy um early this year 
And um, we have the Nesbits coming out. You must go and look them up, the Nesbits. They've got great music. They're what family friends for... Yeah, we've known them for, for several years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So we reconnected with them this past summer. And yeah, really excited to be having them, them come out. And who doesn't like Hanukkah? Hanukkah's always fun. It'd be great. (laughs) Um, So we've got Hanukkah coming up, and um, which brings us into the next event, which is, I don't even know if it's up on the website yet. This is a last-minute thing. But, uh, Brayden, do you want to tell the story? So, yeah, about three weeks ago, I was invited by Dean Bai. This is a longtime family friend of ours. He heads up a a thing online called the altar of prayer. And this is a 24 seven prayer initiative. That's praying for Israel, praying for the restoration of Israel, praying for Aliyah, the Jewish people to return to the land. Mm -hmm. Very international. Yeah. Really cool. You get on there and you're praying with Ugandans and Kenyans and people from Asia. It's really cool. And Brayden has a watch actually every Thursday. He's on there from eight 30 to 10. Yeah. So if you're interested in popping on, you just uh, get email us. We'll give you the link and Mm -hmm. you can get on there and uh, join in prayer with us. But anyway, Dean, he reached out to me and said, hey, we're going to be meeting with Mike Bickle uh, in Kansas City. And, uh, and once you come, once you come and you and your dad come out and, and join us. And so uh, we said, all right, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be up there. So here, this is a little bit surreal for me because for years I had really appreciated and been blessed by Mike Bickle's teachings on, yeah. you know, studying the Bible from a, the context of we're studying it with the purpose of intimacy with God. Right. And so huge. I mean, didn't he, isn't he the one that inspired you to really dig into the song of Solomon? Yeah. Right. Yeah. His whole approach it's, to the song of songs was revolutionary for me. Yeah. Uh, and even going back to even betrothed. I mean, that whole picture of the bridegroom God yeah. was a, yeah. he, he really played majorly into that. Right. Right. I mean, I'm just thinking how much, I mean, our lives have been majorly impacted by Mike Bickle or the vision that God's given to Mike yeah. Bickle because of the whole betrothal picture, the, um, you know, the song of songs, that whole, um, you know, bride and bridegroom. And then on top of that, um, we've been really blessed by the house of prayer up there. Um, there's a lot of really good, good fruit that comes out of the, the house of prayer. There's a lot of, it's a big, it's a big organization, <laughs> you know, uh, right. we don't know all the ins and outs of everything, but, um, the, the parts where we've connected, it's been a blessing yeah. and which has inspired us to, to do more of that kind of thing here. Yeah. So, so Dean said, Hey, come up and meet with, uh, Mike. We're going to be talking about how Mike Bickle wants to use this property that they've been gifted, the Truman, the Harry Truman property mm-hmm. and using it to be a, as a prayer place for praying for Israel. Mm-hmm. Incredible, really a prophetic history. You can get online and you can look it up the story. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. They got a prophetic word that just a lot of things just kind of totally unlikely circumstances lined up and just incredible God story. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, so we ended up being up there and it was a little bit surreal just sitting in this meeting with Mike and then we went around and walked around the Harry Truman property and uh, it was incredible just to, uh, to see and to hear his vision for this place and using it, you know, I think of the verse in Jeremiah that says, shout among the chief of the nations that he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. And so this is, what this place is going to be. It's going to be like the shout in the nations yeah. that God is restoring his people and he's true to his word. Yeah. And so a uh, very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this guy I ended up meeting uh, named <laughs> yeah. Brad at this, it's just kind of a chance thing. He just happened to be driving through town. Mike said, Hey Brad, why don't you come 
and joins this meeting, I get to talking to him and he actually, his assistant is one of our old friends from Russell Creek. Even if you, if you know our story much from journey home, right. uh, this family, but this daughter of the family is now this guy's assistant uh-huh. of this house of prayer in Dallas, Texas. So, uh, once we get to talk and we realize it's like, what, this is crazy. So he ends up telling me that, well, they do these, uh, these weekend gatherings of encouraging people in the house of prayer. He goes in just for the weekend and encourages people say, Hey, this, this is, this guy is the go-to Mike Bickle. You know, people come to him all the time asking, how can we start a house of prayer? Right. And this guy is the guy that, that he sends him to. Right. Yeah, this yeah. guy is like he's he's your connector here. Yeah, so. real cool story. Uh, he was on the mission field in Africa. Felt God calling him home to America, uh, calling him back to America, and he was in his living room one day and just uh, kind of like, "Why am I back in America?" Uh, and then the Spirit spoke to him. He said he could have been, might as well have been audible. So I want you to start a daily prayer meeting tomorrow, starting tomorrow morning, five o'clock, and and keep going until I come back. <laughs> and they, that was sixteen years ago, and they've been going. Every, every day since then. Right. So, right. so anyway, this guy is coming to our campus here, December 17th to the 19th. And he's going to be doing one of these weekend conferences of just encouraging the, the idea. Cause mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has just getting the paradigm of why, you know, why, why would you do this? Why right. would you invest so many hours into prayer and worship? And he's going to be unpacking that from a scriptural point of view, his own personal testimony mm-hmm. and giving te- he's been all over the world and he's, he's seen the fruit of the house of prayer and just, it's important. So I'm excited about this. And if it's something that you are interested in, then uh, we're going to have more details up on the website soon. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know if we've told you, but we've started doing um, prayer watches here on the campus. Uh, we started the first of Elul. And uh, we did two hours a day through the month of Elul leading up to the feast. And now um, we're down to about one hour a a day where we have just one of the worship leaders here on the campus come in and do worship and anyone can join or, um, you know, just be, be a part of the prayer and the worship that's, that's going on here. And so, yeah, it's exciting. I, I think it's that, month especially where we're really focusing in on it was a huge encouragement especially leading up to the feasts um it just was such a we just felt so pumped up going into just being spiritually i don't know just like more in tune um and just realizing like this is what we're living for you know because you can just get so wrapped up in the um activities and everything that's going on good things you know a lot of those things but um yeah it was really good just kind of getting us refocused and good to just as a continual reminder. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited for the things he's going to show us and some things that we might be able to incorporate here. Um, yeah, it's good. Be good. So that is okay. So that's in December and what do we want to talk about? Anything else after that? We've got, you've got prayer and fasting coming up. It'll be end of January. We'll, we'll be giving more information on that here in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, so now we're, into the podcast, what we're doing here. We finally got to our content. We got to our content, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which right now we're just going to, we've got a couple subjects uh, in mind to talk about. Um, I wasn't ready to sign up for the like another year long uh, topic quite yet. (laughs) We might do that uh, sometime, but, um, but today we're going to be talking about righteousness and humility. And how they go together. So, Brayden. Yes. So, jumping in here, uh, our text, our kind of our main verse uh, jumping off of is Zephaniah 2.3. It says, Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, 
who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness, seek humility. It may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. So here, this verse is giving us a real clear kind of action plan. Okay, you see that there's troubled times coming. There's two, there's two things that you should really be pressing into, really seeking, and it's righteousness and humility. Mm-hmm. And I just am really, um, I'm, I'm impacted by this from the, from the perspective of, I think sometimes in our walk, even like as we're observing groups, there can sometimes be such an emphasis on righteousness you know, in a standard that we get, we lose the humility aspect. Mm-hmm. We lose this, uh, you know, the humble walking out of that, that standard. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be one, a really big pitfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, you have people that do not hold a standard by any means. They're just like, well, we just got to be humble. You know, we just got and it, And it, I think biblical humility is not wishy-washy. Uh, so I, I like how this verse pairs the two together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's saying you seek righteousness and seek humility. You mm-hmm. seek them together. And I believe that true righteousness is humble mm-hmm. and true humility is righteous. Right. Yeah. So, so <laughs> right. that you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. Yeah. Yeah. You even see earlier in the verse there that it's talking to the meek of the earth, the humble of the earth who have upheld justice. Right. Like there's, you know, um, yeah, just being humble doesn't mean there's no justice, <laughs> that there's no uh, right and wrong. There's no um, decision on what is, you know, calling a matter right or wrong. You know, that that's, that doesn't mean that, that you're humble. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a coupling there of that humility with the, um, the justice, with the, the righteousness that is so, so key. Right. In our modern culture today, too, we hear this said, sometimes people say, well, I'm just a seeker. I heard someone point this out recently. They say, you know, that, and that, that's lauded. That's something that people like uh, consider really good. You know, a, a seeker. Well, he's a seeker of truth, you know. Now, if that same person was to, you know, the seeker finds the truth and gets up and says, hey, I, I found the truth. I know the truth. That, that's not accepted. That's, you know, as long as you're in this continual search for the truth, you know, then, then that's okay. And that, that's kind of more leaning on the humility side. Well, he's humble. You know, he hasn't really arrived yet. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. He's really humble. I find this is something I'm just aware of, particularly with the millennials. It's something that they're always saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes want to go, well, what do you know? You know, <laughs> do you know anything? Is there anything for sure? And, uh, and I think what it boils down to is we need that for sure thing too. We need that righteous standard that the scripture provides us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to walk in that in humility. Right, right. And uh, so that's that's what this uh, whole next little bit we're going to be talking about and going through the scriptures and just looking at this. And uh, and uh, just pointing out here, Zephaniah, it actually means hidden by Yah. Uh, Zephania. Zephan is to, uh, to hide and then Yah. And so he's mentioning here, you know, you'll be hidden. Mm-hmm. It may be that you'll be hidden if you seek righteousness and seek humility. So these two things here are very key in even having God's protection mm-hmm. over us mm-hmm. as we as we prepare ourselves for troubled times. Mm-hmm. Second Chronicles twelve twelve. This is speaking of Rehoboam when he humbled himself. The wrath of the Lord turned from him, so as not to destroy him completely. And things also went well in Judah. So here we see a reference to humility preserving a mm-hmm. king. Let's look here at some verses on the righteousness of God. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So here, Yeshua, he's saying, this is the first thing. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
this would be one of our first pursuits, seeking righteousness. Mm-hmm. So important. Psalm eleven seven. for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. So God loves righteousness. So we want to love what he loves. Mm-hmm. Psalm 45, four, this is one of my favorite Psalms, favorite passages. And in your majesty, ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So here, this passage is saying that the reason that the anointed Messiah here that this psalm is speaking of is so happy, that he's so just overflowing, he's anointed, he's dripping with this oil of gladness, is because he loves righteousness and hates wickedness. Mm-hmm. So pursuing righteousness is not a, it's not a drag, it's a, it's a, it's a, it can be a real joyful thing. Right, right. Psalm seventy-one twenty-four. My tongue also shall talk of your righteousness all the day long. So these are scriptures speaking of the righteousness of God, of seeking his righteousness, of knowing that he loves righteousness. And, and this is something that we should be talking about. You know, the psalmist said, I'm going to talk of your righteousness all the day long. And then we have some scriptures here that talk about not of our own righteousness. It's not of our own, own doing. And uh, we're going to look at a few different scriptures here. It's, it's kind of fascinating, the, the, the balance that the scripture has on this subject. Deuteronomy 9.4, this is even going back to the Torah, says, do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. So God says, even back in the, in the, the law of Moses, don't think it's your righteousness that, that has allowed you to enter in to possess the land. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 54.17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. So here God says, your righteousness is, is from me. It's coming, all of our righteousness comes from me. I was thinking, just listen to the song that we opened this podcast up with. You know, your righteousness is my only hope mm-hmm. of righteousness at heaven's throne. We have to always remember that, mm-hmm. that it's his righteousness that allows us to even have a relationship with him. Right. Then Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So Titus, you know, this is one of Paul's themes, you might say. He's like, just remember, it's not of your works of righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's, it's because of God's mercy that you, he saved you. Mm-hmm. And in Psalm 16, David says, my goodness is nothing apart from you. David recognizes that, that all his goodness, all of his righteousness ultimately comes from God. Romans 10, 10, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Ezekiel 33, 13, when I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered. So this is a fascinating passage. Uh, Ezekiel saying, when a person trusts in his own righteousness, it almost, in a sense here, it's saying that that actually leads to a fall. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there's a sense here of the proverb, you know, pride goes before a fall. Yeah. Don't lean on your own righteousness because that's going to lead to iniquity. Because mm-hmm. But he who trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered. So there's, there's this, this kind of this um, paradox in a way of like, you know, we, we, want, we walk in righteousness, but we don't lean on our own. We, we, we look to Yeshua. We look, you know, as Hebrews says, fixing our eyes on him, we run the race. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, one of the major 
reasons to just even talk about this subject is I think that um, in our culture, in our religion, in Christianity, uh, righteousness has kind of gotten this, you know, there's this idea that um, anytime you're talking about righteousness, most people only think of Mm, mm self-righteousness. And, um, you know, right here, I think, you know, through these scriptures, we're seeing there's a big difference. <laughs> right. I mean, self-righteousness is not like righteousness is talked about throughout the whole body Bible. It's talked in a real positive way, in a very positive way. We're just talking, we, we need to, as a culture, be founded in the word of God and what the word says. Um, Cause without that, we're just, you know, floundering, <laughs> floundering. Yeah. We're just lost, you know, being blown around in the wind need to be founded on what the Bible actually says about these subjects. Um, and you know, there, there is a very strong push towards righteousness, pursuing righteousness, pursuing the righteousness of seek God. it first, seek first the kingdom seek of God and his first. righteousness. Yeah. 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 So this is, this is huge. And so we can't take it nonchalantly and we can't say, Oh, well, because, because you might, you know, fall into self-righteousness, forget righteousness <laughs> right. because of the danger of falling into self-righteousness. Now, self-righteousness stinks. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not good. Um, but you can't, there's no balance. I mean, the, the, it does not, uh, the scales, you have to continue p- pursuing righteousness. Yeah. So. What was cool to me is studying this is that Paul's not the only one that talks about this. Yeah. You know, Paul, he definitely mentions it, but there's this, he's really kind of building on this foundation of Ezekiel, you know, Ezekiel Deuteronomy, <laughs> yeah. you know, because really what happens, I believe, you know, from just trying to get the heavenly perspective, when people begin to lean on themselves, ultimately, you know, lean on their own, their own wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't lean in your own understanding. The scripture says, right. When right. people lean on their own, whatever it is, it cuts them off from relationship with God mm-hmm. and God's ultimate desire is for us to be in relationship with him. It's like, I want a people, I can just imagine his heartbeat. You know, I want a people that are leaning on me Mm -hmm. for wisdom, righteousness, you know, relationship, intimacy. I I want, this is what he desires. And so a people that are, you know, disconnecting from God on any subject, you know, righteousness is the one we're talking about, but on any subject, that's not the, that's not his end game. That's Mm -hmm. not, that's not what he desires. Yeah. Yeah. So Isaiah 64, four through six, you meet him who rejoices and does righteousness who remembers you in your ways, you are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways we continue, and we need to be saved. But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. And uh, this is a very oft-quoted verse, you know. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is we, we look at Revelations. You know, this, this is kind of uh, one of those, what I was mentioning, the balancing between these two concepts in the Scripture because Isaiah here is saying all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. And then we look at Revelation 19.8, speaking of the bride, and it says, To her was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So mm-hmm. here's that kind of that paradox. Yeah. You know, I believe that what the scripture is saying is that here in Isaiah is that filthy rags is not equal righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's when we lean on our own righteousness. That's what becomes as filthy rags. When we're leaning on God, when we're looking to Yeshua for righteousness and we actually walk it out, Revelation says, this is beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. This is beautiful, clean, white linen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I think it's almost like in what context it's being acted out in, yeah. that's what determines whether it's beautiful linen or filthy rags. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say, you know, uh, we've visited quite a few churches around here and very sweet people, um, in a lot of these churches and stuff. But, um, but this is the common, um, the common theme <laughs> I would say in the, in the churches around here. And, and I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm going to guess that there, that's the way it is in a lot of places is that there's a lot of focus here on the, on that, you know, our righteousness is like filthy, rags and so it's almost this idea of don't even try because then god's grace can really shine (laughs) you know because the dirtier you are (laughs) you know you know then you know his grace is you know and it's just um it's not biblical (laughs) we have to really balance out you know like brayden said when it does become righteousness without humility um, that's where we're really going to f- fall into into problems. So. Right. And I think the heart of the bride, which is, I believe, something that's going to be more and more a, a passion of the body of Messiah is to have that heart, that burning heart of, I want to do what pleases you, O oh God. I want to do your will. As David says, you know, I delight to do your will, O oh my God. That, that desire is, I believe, going to grow. And this perception of righteous acts, even, as Revelation speaks of here, will be seen as a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It'll be a one of the primary characters of the bride. She will be clothed in this beautiful white linen and yeah. it'll be the righteous acts of the saints. It'll be a glorious thing. Yeah, yeah. So we have to we have to talk about this <laughs> because this is like all part of the preparation. I mean, when a wedding is coming and you've got a bridegroom and you've got a bride, they're preparing. And what we see in the Bible here is a major part of the preparation is getting the wedding dress ready. And this wedding dress is righteous acts. So this is something that we don't, we don't have a choice. We have to get this right. <laughs> like we have to uh, figure out how to walk this out um, and how to really, um, yeah, just seek God and in, in how to walk this out and, and not just settling uh, for anything else, really. Right. I mean, even look at the sheep and the goats. You know, he says, and then he'll turn to the righteous, speaking of the, the sheep, mm-hmm. and say, and, and they're going to be saying, you know, when do we ever do this? You know, when did we visit you when you were sick or, you know, whatever, all the list of things. But it, it actually says there in the scripture, he turns to them, he refers to them as the righteous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's so, it is, like you say, a big deal. You know, we are called to, as going back to the first verse, seek righteousness, seek humility. Walking in these things is super important. um, And we want to be found. We want to be found as the bride clothed in these, uh, in these beautiful garments. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So may you be encouraged out there to resist the, the false message that's out there about righteousness and pursue the biblical message of seeking it, seeking God's will. And may you really find delight in doing his will. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, this is Brayden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He's coming quickly. Yeshua.